Hello and welcome to another episode of Tormented Pleasures. My name is Emily and I'm sitting here with my lovely co-host Lucy. Hi. And what are we drinking today? Okay, so I'm going to be honest, I've been drinking this for about a week. Okay. Like not the same bottle, but multiple bottles. I have not tasted yet. Okay, so please taste it. Okay. Oh my god. Yes. Oh my god, that's so nice. Okay, so this is Saint Clair. Yeah. Okay. It is like a cheapy little rosé bottle from honestly Woolworths. Yeah. And it's a natural sweet rosé. And as you can taste, it's an incredibly sweet rosé. Yes. It is kind of my favorite thing at the moment. It's so yummy. Do you know what I've noticed? Mm-hmm. A lot of the like cheapy off the fly buys that we that we have here with our wines are usually the ones that we like a lot. Yes. And then the expensive like lardy da ones are the ones that are like ones I that pull like, a face at. Kind of like ooh, this is weird. Ooh, this is ooh. <laughs> it's a bit on the nose. Crisp. You watch. Oh, this is awesome. I love this. This is perfect for today's story. I'm kind of concerned. Yeah. So, my whole thought process was in light of recent American events, I would like to dig into a moral issue type of case. Okay. And this case is quite well known. I'm terrible with moral issues, though. I always go in the wrong direction that I should. I don't know if you will. The thing is, I don't know what the right direction in this is, actually. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. Okay, cool. So, sometimes, as I said, I find there are cases that come with a bit of moral questioning. Mm -hmm. We live in a world that has a very set, like, black and white rules. But that's not not how life works most of the time. Yeah. Um, There are gray areas. We know this. Mm -hmm. But, like, where should we draw the line with the gray areas? That's actually the real question when Mm. it comes to, you know, moral discussions. And that's that's the thought I would like you to keep in your mind while you are listening to this okay. story. Question okay. morals, yes. Yeah. So um, Aileen Wuornos is a very famous case that I've actually always loved diving into. Okay. Um, our very own Charlize Theron won her first Oscar for her portrayal as Aileen in the movie Monster. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. okay. And honestly, like, the entire story is the case that poses this question to me. Mm-hmm. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, okay. So, firstly, a little background. As um, we always do. Aileen was born on the 29th of February in Rochester, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And, surprise, surprise, had a very deeply troubled childhood. Oh, we never hear about these. <laughs> <laughs> um, her parents were separated before she was born. And her father spent some time in mental hospital, like a jail mental hospital, mm-hmm. uh, for child molestation and kidnapping. And he killed himself a few li- a few years later. That's ooh yeah mm, okay. So Aileen and her brother were then sent to live with her grandparents after her mother just like abandoned them. I love she it. was just like bad and just left them. Um, and her grandfather beat her. And her grandmother was an alcoholic. Oh my god, this is textbook. Yeah. So at the age of 11, uh, Aileen began trading sexual favors in, t- in return for money, beer, and cigarettes. 11. 11. She had her first and only child when she was 14. Oh my god. And allegedly, the father of this baby was an older friend of her grandfather's. Uh, the child, like, and 
her grandparents forced her to give the child up for adoption and basically blamed her for the whole thing. Oh, yes, because naturally you blame the victim. Yeah, also the 14-year-old. Yes. Like, Obviously, she's completely capable of making her own correct moral life decisions. And yes, yeah. I'm being incredibly sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was also around the time that they just straight up kicked her out of the house. This poor girl. I know. It's literally, it's just like all downhill from she the beginning. She just has like she, no love in her life. There's no uphill at all, ever. Um, she then lived in a house for unwed mothers. Sorry, I think I forgot to mention the year she was born in. She was born in 1956. Mm. So this was like 60s, 70s. There's a, what? That's a thing? Apparently. I don't know if that's still a thing, but apparently it was a thing back then. Because this, yeah, this is now like 40, 50 years ago. Oh my word. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And like soon after she dropped out of school and officially entered prostitution and she became a prostitute. So that's her background. Why is it always... Why can't people just love their kids and their grandkids so that we have a world full of love and no one has to get like forced into these kind of horrible things that ends up happening to them like 11 yeah. sexual favors at 11 it's 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 reasons like this that i genuinely believe that you have to go through like a thorough thorough psychological evaluation before you are allowed to have slash keep your child yes because good god that should be like the law yeah yeah um cool so then shit got a bit worse. Yes, <laughs> of course. Of course it does. <laughs> she um, hitchhiked to Florida uh, shortly after her brother died of cancer. And he was 21 at the time. So very young. Very, very young. So at this stage, she didn't really have any family mm -hmm. because her grandfather actually killed himself at some point as well. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. I'm hardly ever speechless, and I'm literally just sitting here like a wide eyed just listening to you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she was living in Florida, um, and in 1986, it's not like super clear when exactly she went to Florida, but in 1986, she met Terry Moore, Moore at mm -hmm. a Daytona gay bar, and they were in a relationship for a while. Okay. They were in a relationship until she got arrested, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the whole time that she had been working, she, she was still working as a prostitute mm -hmm. and she, but she'd also been arrested for like an array of petty crimes, like theft, mostly, mm -hmm. um, battery, you know, that type of thing. Um, and then the police noted specifically, and this came up in like quite a few articles that I read, okay. that her attitude was really, really poor, like really bad. I think my attitude would be really poor if I had that kind of like upbringing and that, you know? Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the girl has been through some shit. Yeah. Of course, her attitude is going to be bad. What do you expect? Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is just, like, some details about, like, what her life was like. Her clients um, were described to be mostly middle-aged, low-to-middle-class white men, mm -hmm. mostly. Um, Aileen and Terrier also did work together to actually sell stolen items at pawn shops. They're like Bonnie and Bonnie. Basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, because Terrier was actually a hotel maid. Oh. That's how they met. Um, like oh, at the, okay. I think at the place, mm. like nearby, whatever, whatever the case is. But uh, yeah, so she was. She didn't have like a high paying job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Aileen was a serial killer, and her tirade of murder started in late eight, 1989. Mm -hmm. And 
lasted until like 1991. Okay. Do you know how I know that my morals are going to be slightly flawed with this? Because when you said she was a serial killer, the first thing that my brain did was fuck yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I mean. (laughs) Because just like the rest of it as well. So her general MO was that she would hitchhike as a prostitute specifically and then get picked up, shoot her victims and then take some of their personal possessions to sell. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. So I have a list of her victims here. Okay. Just for interest's sake as well. So the first, I don't know if this, this wasn't actually in chronological order because as you'll see with the trial, it was very messy, like what she confessed to and stuff like that. So Richard Mallory, who was a 51 year old shop owner, picked her up along the interstate 75. His body was discovered a few miles away on the road and he had been shot multiple times in the chest. Okay. David Spears was 43 construction worker. His body was naked and found in Citrus County, and he had been shot six times in the torso. Okay. Charles Carscadden, which is a fun name to say. That is a nice name. <laughs> uh, was a 40-year-old part-time rodeo worker. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> who who had been shot nine times. May he rest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're not, okay, we're not laughing at the situation and at the scenarios that are happening, but like, it's a cool name and he's a rodeo worker. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then there's Troy Barres. Uh He was a 50-year-old sales- salesman who actually had been reported missing and then his body uh, was found a week later and he'd been shot twice in the torso. Mm-hmm. Then there's Charles Humphreys who was a retired Air Force major and a child abuse investigator. Um, And he was found shot multiple times in the head and the chest. Mm -hmm. Then second to last was Peter Seams, who was a 65-year-old whose car was found in Orange Springs. His body was never found, but Aileen did confess to killing him. Okay. Yeah. Um, Then there was Walter Antonio, the last one, who was 62 years old and had been shot in the head and the back. So I find it really interesting that the youngest one was 40. Yeah. So this is, so this is, I want to stop here for a sec. Okay. And just say that I find it very interesting that all of them, except Walter, yeah. were shot in the chest tummy area. Yeah. You know, it mm. wasn't like an execution style thing. Yeah. They were kind of just like. Like, you know, like movie shooting. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's because you almost want to think that defensively, like they're coming towards you. Mm. That's kind of how my brain goes immediately, except for Walter, like you said. Exactly. Okay, so then we have the trial. Um, I couldn't really find exactly how she was caught, but I'm just going to assume that the fact that she was a prostitute, the fact that she had a bunch of things on her record already, she was arrested at some point and connected to one of the murders. So she was arrested in early 1991, um, but she claimed that she had shot these men in Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-defense. Okay. That doesn't explain Walter, though. No. You don't shoot a man in the back of the head. And claimed self-defense. No, no. He he hadn't been shot in the back of the head. He was shot in the head and in his back. Oh, was it the front of the head or the back of the head? Side didn't, of the head? Didn't, 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 didn't specify. That's I feel word. like if it was the back, it's likely back of the head. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Like, mm. I, again, we, you know, we don't have 
all of the information. It's just my fair enough. It my could, guessing. This this is like a this is like a bit of a psycho. No, no, no. It's not psycho, but like a bit of a twisty, if I can put it that way. So I'm imagining he got shot in the head, and then like turned around and fell. to fall, and then she shot him again in the back as he was falling, type of thing, to make sure. You know, double tap. <laughs> yeah, but like that just seems very aggressive. You shot the man in the head. That's not a very high survivability rate. Yeah, well, she wasn't okay mentally. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, as I have a couple of quotes here and stuff from her as well. Like, oh, she's ooh. not mm. okay. So yeah, she claimed that it was in self-defense. Okay. And interestingly, three psychologists had diagnosed her with borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder and kind of tried to use this as an explanation for her emotional outbursts and mental disturbances and it is an interesting combo yeah and used that in in tandem with her upbringing to try and plead to the jury to not give her the death sentence okay essentially okay um so yeah Mm. You, this, this is a psychology thing. So I also want to take a little bit of a pause here okay. because I feel like this is more your field with, yes. with um, BPD and the antisocial personality disorder. I don't know too much about either of those things. So the, I, I kind of want to focus on the antisocial disorder, like personality disorder, because that is, I almost want to say the most common one with serial killers. Okay. Like my favorite kind of go-to with the antisocial personality disorder is actually Edmund Kemper, the co-ed killer. Mm. So the big thing with him specifically is psychologists weren't able to really diagnose him with sociopathy or psychopathy, which is kind of the go-to with serial killers, if you will. Yeah. But he was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. Yeah. And that was apparently what made him quite effective what he did because he was charming but he was actually genuinely charming yeah it wasn't a fake put on persona like sociopaths or psychopaths do yeah it was genuinely who he was he just was an incredibly messed up man yeah so (sighs) bpd is also a little bit of an interesting one i mean obviously with the amber heard case and johnny depp it's been brought to quite a like big light if you will but BPD is a bit of a strange one, I would say, because it's not necessarily an outwardly angry one, if that makes sense. Also, I just want to mention a lot of people do confuse borderline personality disorder and multiple personality disorder. Oh, yeah, no, and I just want to make sure it's not. It's not the same thing. Yes. Absolutely not the same thing. It is definitely with borderline, there is no split personality. There's no like two people existing yeah. in one it's there's none of that because that you're right that is a very big confusion yeah. that quite a couple of people make the biggest thing that i want to say with bpd is often uh, abandonment issues okay. like in layman's terms it's always feeling not good enough always kind of not feeling that yourself is good enough okay yeah that's kind of your big kind of <laughs> excuse me that's your big trigger with borderline. Okay. It's borderline oftentimes is described as abandonment issues, essentially. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Like there's a lot of anxiety that comes with it and, you know, mental kind of mood swings, things like that. Yeah. But it's more, I'd say, focused on the abandonment. Okay. So, so yeah. So these, these are the kinds of arguments that they were using and like try and portray her as a victim of circumstance who actually just didn't have access to the help that she needed. And 
that's why she acted in these ways. Okay. I feel like, okay, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I know you want to continue, but I feel like, no, no, it, no. Yeah. I feel like that is a very difficult topic though, because I kind of want to say that you can almost apply that to most serial killers and I almost want to say people who do bad things. Yes. You know, not necessarily just kill a person, but make mistakes in their life. They didn't have the help that they needed when they needed it. Yeah. And I mean, I do agree specifically with Aileen. She had an incredibly rough childhood yeah. where, again, she wasn't loved. She wasn't given the support she was needed. I mean, she was a child at 11 that had to make, honestly, at that age, a horrible kind of decision for herself. Yeah. And there's just the support wasn't there. So it is an interesting conversation because you kind of have to think, okay, well, if she had gotten that help, if she had had maybe a supportive mom or a supportive grandmother or just one person in her life that actually gave her love and cared for her, yeah. would we be in the same circumstances circumstances that we are now? Would she have gone down this route? Would her life have been different? And it's difficult to say because, sure, maybe she could have had a completely 180 in her life and, you know, not done any of this, but we can't be 100% we certain. We can't be 100% sure. She yeah. could have had a pretty stable upbringing and still resorted to this. Yeah. So in light of that, actually, um, the jury voted 12 to 0 for the death penalty um, because they found that even though she had difficult circumstances and very clear mental issues, she knew the difference between right and wrong. Okay, so they, they basically said that she was, like, stable in her mind. Yeah. And, like, the defense... Um, brought in everything. Like, they even brought in her IQ. She did a very high IQ. She had, like, an 81 IQ, I think. Okay. Which is, like, just, just above what the um, level is to classify someone as, like, mentally retardation. It's, like, below 70 or something, I think. I'd be curious to see if they tied in IQ with right and wrong. Just the, like out of complete curiosity. The thing, the thing that they, the reason why they brought that up, I think, is because it's illegal to sentence someone with that low of an IQ to death. Okay. Apparently. Okay. I don't know if that's true everywhere, but it's true in America, apparently. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, one of the things that I found interesting that she said about her victims um, was, I robbed them. And I killed them as cold as ice, and I would do it again, and I know I would kill another person, because I've hated humans for a long time. Um, after she got... After she got... I w- actually watched a clip when she got sentenced to death. Um, she came up there with her statement and was very, very calm and very, very like, I understand if you choose to do this, blah, 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 blah. And then she got sentenced to death... And she literally, this is a bit hectic, just a warning, but she told the jury and the judge at court that she'll be up in heaven while they all rot in hell and that she hoped that their wives and kids got raped and that she, and that she didn't understand how she, how they could sentence someone who got raped to death. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. so, so yeah, so she died on 9th of October, 2002 by lethal injection. 
So she kind of she kind of did stick with the self defense thing. She did. There was there was a moment like they were there were some cases that said that she admitted to some of her killings being for profit. Okay. But the self defense thing was her main argument, was her main thing. Mm. Um there's a little bit of aftermath to this, which I also find interesting. Because even now like even sometimes I've seen a couple of TikToks and Twitter things and that kind of thing where she is kind of seen as a strong woman who stood up for herself in the face of being abused by men. Mm, okay, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, and then just a fun little tidbit, which is a little bit weird, but her friend, whose name I've forgotten, um... Tyria. Adopted her. No, no, no. Oh, Tyria okay. was her girlfriend. Yes, yeah, sorry. This is her. a totally different person. Okay. Um, her friend, this friend adopted her because apparently God told her to. Um, and then Aileen had like multiple dealings with the media. There have been books, documentaries, movies made about her life, talking about like the moral issue of this entire case and like demonizing women specifically and mm. being so harsh on women specifically. Um, and also final tidbit at the end of the day in the years following the trial she pleaded guilty to more and more murders oh and at the end of the day she ended up with like six death sentences that's a harsh one yeah okay i can i can see the moral issue like because <laughs> the thing is you you essentially have to i almost want to say choose a side which yes this is what that's what moral we're making a black and white and you got to choose a side. Yeah. But you, I can see how she can be viewed as a woman who was put into terrible circumstances and then almost beaten by the male system. Yeah. But also at the same time, I can see the other side of that line where she was, perhaps just doing it for profits and because she was angry at the world. Yeah. You know, it. it's difficult because, again, with these kinds of things, I cannot give you an 100% correct answer. I can just give my views and how I see it and my opinions on it because I wasn't there, Yeah, realistically. And also, it's that whole thing of there's always two sides, or well, three sides to a story, yours, mine, and then the truth. Yes. So... It is a little bit, it, it is a bit of a strange one because I actually don't know, I don't know if I have an opinion on it yet. Like, I don't know it if I actually, weird, right? I don't know what side I'm on. And the thing is, I've thought about this for a long ass time and I can make an argument for both sides. Yeah. Because on the one hand, I can completely understand why she lashed out the way that she did. And even though... At my core, I obviously believe that murder is wrong. I also do believe that there are some people who deserve to die because of what they did. And I'm very strong on this opinion about rapists, specifically. Yeah, and you're also very an eye for an eye person. Yeah, a little. Um, so if she was telling the truth, because, like, she, she is a bit crazy. Like, not because of the mental health stuff, but, like, watching videos of her and, like, seeing her eyes... Mm there's something seriously wrong there. Mm. Like really just, I don't know, so much pain and anger and things that have like hatred. 
and hatred that has just morphed into this horrible, horrible like way of living or that I'm not sure she had really had a choice of feeling. So in a, like in a world where you're essentially feeling completely helpless and powerless, how do you take back your power? Well, I, I'm not going to suggest shooting people no. um, or murdering them. I mean, from like her perspective, you know, the thing is, I can't even really, I'm sorry, I can't even really answer it because also, I mean, I'm going to say something slightly um, problematic. Okay. We've made bounds and leaps as a society. Yeah. In this day and age. But at the same time, there are some places that are still quite archaic with their viewings of things. Half calf America. <coughs> They're going backwards. Yeah. But a lot of countries are going forwards mm. with women's rights and, you know, the rights of their own bodies and things like that. But back then, I almost want to say she didn't really have an, like another option. Yeah. Because realistically, what could she have done? Because I know for a fact that if she had reported her being raped to police, they would have turned around and said, but you're a prostitute. Yeah, literally. And I mean, it doesn't matter. It, and we've had, I mean, this chat has been around for a long time. It doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter if you've already said yes and turned back on it. It, it it's doesn't consent. matter. Consent it, it, it is, is the consent. thing that matters. Yeah. But the thing is, I think back then, I almost want to say the idea of consent was less... I don't even want to say it was less acknowledged because I feel like back then it was just the idea of consent wasn't exi didn't exist. Yeah, it's not a thing. It's not really like... Yes, yeah. because I feel like the, the way that I see things and from what I can understand, and I do know history quite well yeah. in a large variety of things, but if you look, for example, a small example, American housewives, old school American housewives, their role was to please their husband. Yes. It didn't matter if they wanted to or not. That was their goal. And they had to do that. Yes. I 100% guarantee you there was no real consent there. But mm. the thing is, the way that they viewed it, the consent was when you married him. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And there still are quite a couple of people that, you know, while well, I'm dating you, you don't have to give me consent. Or yes, you still do all the time. I'm married to you. You don't have to give me consent. Yeah. It's, I feel like everyone's kind of got a different opinion on how they see things, but at the end of the day, consent is consent. Yes. It doesn't matter if you are married to them, engaged to them, dating them, if you're a sex worker, nothing like that. It, there is no consent except. No. There's no but in that sentence. So back to what we were saying is, I just feel like she didn't really have an option because she had no one to turn to. She couldn't really turn to her family. Yeah. Because she had no family left. And honestly, if she did have, if her family was still left, I don't think I would turn to them either. I don't think she did though, because her mom ran away, her dad and her grandfather died, and her grandma was an alcoholic. And I'm yeah, but I'm saying like, even if everyone was still alive and running, I wouldn't. That they're not an approachable. Yeah. <laughs> no, lot. that's not an approachable type of person. So who do you speak to? I mean, the the thing is also. 
Taria, maybe? Possibly, but also, I mean, th there's a lot of questions there. You know, how much, how much did she know? How much did she feed into it? How much <sighs> did she maybe encourage it? So apparently... Apparently? Apparently, at the time, Taria was... Um, had suspicions of what was going on. That's what she said. Okay. And she's actually the one who has been um, on the works and written the books and the documentaries. She's been there like as a stand in for Eileen. Like if someone made a, a book about or made a movie about my life, I would be there supervising. She was there supervising in okay. place of where I would be instead. Yeah. So she, I think she knew a lot more than she let on. Especially because they were in cahoots with a lot of the other stuff, like the stealing and mm. selling to pawn shops and like that kind of thing. It is likely she knew. Um, so I think she did know. Um, and I think because a lot of the time it was their way of making a living to support mm. themselves. It's kind of a difficult thing. And I didn't do much background research into Terrier. But I doubt that she came from a good slash wealthy family. Yeah. <laughs> and I also just think it's also difficult because, again, we're looking at the, you know, the era that this happened and being gay or bisexual because oh. back then they <sighs> wouldn't really, you wouldn't really make that distinction. You wouldn't even really ask if mm -hmm. you were with a woman, you were gay. You were gay. You were lesbian. Yeah. There wasn't really a... <sighs> A question of could they be bisexual it no. was no you're gay you're just straight gay yeah so i feel like that is also difficult to deal with because i mean back then you couldn't really freely discuss that get opinions on that get help with that because no. it is it is i mean it's a difficult thing coming out in it general is. and then imagine just having no one in the world basically support you but that's the thing you gr you grow up where from the get-go Honestly, yeah. she was fucked. <laughs> it was just like she was born into a family where no one cared about her. Her father was obviously a horrible person. Her mother just left. left. Her grandparents, her grandma was an alcoholic. And like that is, I know that is a disease, but it does mean that she probably didn't care. And her grandfather was also a horrible person. Yeah, because they said that he beat her yes it's likely that he beat his wife as well yeah and that's why she was an alcoholic yeah because she had nothing else to turn to exactly like it's really sad when you kind of sit and break down things and you look at it in that direction but realistically what else could have what else could Aileen have done that's the question like what else could, could she have done and did she deserve the death penalty yes obviously she needs to go to jail because you can't just willy-nilly kill people because you had a bad life otherwise Lots of people would be murdering everyone. Lots of people, yeah. Yeah. So she had to go to jail, but did she deserve to die? I think so. Really? I know. I, look, I, look. Mm. My feelings on her and her background and what she did aside, the way that I see things, and I'm also a very eye for an eye kind of person. Yeah. But I believe that if you have committed murder in reason like obviously if it's self-defense or things like that then maybe you're left out of this equation but i do strongly believe in the death penalty okay um 
So I kind of do want to say yes, but also at the same time, it feels wrong saying yes mm. because I don't. I, I'm still very on the fence. I don't know if this was self-defense, if this was just her absolutely hitting men and going off on them, because I, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't make well, that decision. I, I feel like I, I. I start making like I'm thinking about this constantly, and I start making like a, a really strong arguments in my head and then something pops in and I'm like no but, no, but wait and then I go the other way and it's constantly bouncing back so it's weird because I've never been so undecided on something like this I feel like I'm always I pick a side and I stick to it yes but I can't with this case so I have two points that I thought about now so firstly I think maybe back then especially with prostitutes I think it was particularly bad in terms of, I have hired you, mm. so you have to do what I say. Mm. You cannot have any boundaries. Mm. So it is very realistic mm -hmm. that they did try slash rape her. 100%. Because, I mean, even if we... We've got such big access to social media, and with things like OnlyFans and things like that kind of popping up and being a lot more accessible and a lot more, I almost want to say normal. Yeah. You know, it's it's not as big of a, I almost want to say taboo nowadays. Mm. Like, with things like that kind of popping up in your timeline and, you know, you're, you're aware of it now, I do still see a lot of people, <sighs> I don't even know how to word this, but... I mean, I think it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, there was a girl who casually posted like her OnlyFans like link, things like that. And she was just chatting with a bunch of people. And there was a guy who essentially just targeted her and said, well, your nudes are online. You know, yes, you've got to pay for like a subscription and things like that, but they're already available. Like you're basically just available to us all. I can't, I genuinely, I blocked it out of my mind exactly what that person said. Yeah. But that was essentially the lines of thinking. Yeah. So even now when we've progressed so much, there are still people who view it as, yes, okay, but you've already got an OnlyFans. Surely that just means you're a prostitute. And surely that just means that this, and they, people still think that they've got access to whatever the hell they want. But that's not the case. That's not the case. It's, it should have never been the case. No. So I can completely understand it from that kind of point of view where men back then go out, hire a sex worker, mm. and then think that they own them, at least for that hour or whatever. Yes. I paid for this. This is what you owe me. Yeah. Whereas, okay. Did you think of your second point? Yes. Nice. I'll get there now. Then there's the other thing. I'm not, okay. I, I'm not, I haven't done any sex work and that kind of thing. So I'm not a thousand percent sure. But I think that when it does come to that, you pay for specific things. And to just to get like a little bit graphic, like you you pay either for like a blowjob and a handjob or full on sex or this or that. Like you don't pay for an hour and then yes. decide then. You like, it's like, it's like a, a menu. I was about to say that. <laughs> Yeah. So like, that's what you pay for. Yes. But then people want to go further than that, even though that's not what they paid for. Paid for. And then um, the sex worker in question might be like, no, 
you didn't pay for that or no, I'm not comfortable I with don't that. want to do that. That's not the kind of, that's not how far I go or whatever. Mm. And then it turns into an issue. Mm. So yeah, it like, it is, it is a very, <laughs> obviously we weren't there. No one was there when the thing happened, but yeah. I think it is very likely, especially for the time that it, that might've happened. I look, I, I think I can agree with you though. Yeah. Um, I definitely can agree with you that it, it's likely that they took advantage of her, if you will. Yes. And she very likely reacted as anyone really honestly would Yeah. in that kind of scenario in a defensive way. And she just... But the thing... Mm, okay, yeah. Mm, see, that's the doubt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the thought process. So... I, I am, I almost want to say leaning more towards that, but then also like the way that she words things and like, you know, the, the one quotes about, um, how she killed them in cold blood. Yeah. It, yeah. It, that doesn't like, I can, un, I almost want to say, I can understand how she would say that almost angrily because of how she's been treated. Yeah. But also it just feels like a unnecessarily aggressive thing to say. If that yeah. wasn't really the case. Yeah, look, I think maybe... Um, I think we need to call this podcast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, with her court case videos and stuff like that as well, mm-hmm. that I watched, <sighs> it did not seem as though she was shown any modicum of sympathy Mm. at any point really from the jury or the judge when when she got her sentence the her lawyer's face Mm. wasn't like he was defeated yeah like he was defeated it he looked disappointed and obviously the defense lawyer would be disappointed but i also feel like in some cases especially with serial killers Mm. at some point you need to understand that your client needs to go to jail and die yes but he looked really like he oh god he believed why? what he was fighting for yeah he genuinely did mm. and also the topics that they brought up her mental health her background and that kind of thing i feel like her defense team cared about that for her mm. and just wanted to make sure that she didn't die for it because that's what they were fighting against they were fighting against the death penalty not necessarily that she didn't go to jail yeah yeah um so that's the other thing that comes to mind when I watch those clips. Mm. Um, I watched Monster like years ago, so I can't Honestly, even same. I can't even remember much of it. Yeah. But as far the one thing I do remember is that it did seem like a sad story mm. about a person who just really honestly got the shit end of the stick. Yeah, they they weren't really given a chance in life and unfortunately that's just like you said the stick that they fell upon yeah so it is a difficult thing oh my second point that i wanted to make oh my god sorry 10 minutes later (laughs) (laughs) was that so when it comes to serial killers if we think about also other famous ones ted bundy the night stalker etc etc i don't know why those are always the two examples i use but you get what i mean yeah they 
I don't know. They seemed to seek out their victims. They were predatory. That's they were the word. predatory. Yes. That is exactly it. Because, but the, the thing is, ow, my hand. The, the thing is, again, like I, I hate to, because I don't like stigmatizing and stereotyping mm. and things like that. But when I think about male serial killers, the way that I imagine it is they go into the scenario knowing that they're stronger, knowing that they're quicker, knowing that they're able to overpower their victim. Yeah. It's predatory. Whereas when you when you think about a kind of a female serial killer, mm. honestly, the first and I am a female. The first thing that pops into my head is poisoning them. Hundred percent. I was actually gonna say that. There's 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 a reason why when it does like you know. I can't remember exactly what the saying is. It's something along the lines of poison is a woman's weapon. Something like that. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. At some at some point, especially if, you know, you don't you you don't really work out very much or anything like that, and the person you you are tackling with does or is just physically bigger than you, at some point you're gonna lose the fight. <laughs> yes. You know, you're not gonna wrestle a like 120 muscle man to the ground if you're like a 50 kilogram woman. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you don't need any muscle to wield a gun. True. So, again, because I feel like you can break it down in both directions with it, you know, you can either view, like, Aileen as carrying a weapon for self-defense because of her line of work, and yeah. obviously she she's aware of the scenario that she's in. Yes. Or you can see her almost in a predatory fashion of... I'm going to put myself in this position that I have a weapon that I don't need strength to overpower them and I can just kill them. Yeah. So again, like, oh, this is such a, it's such a difficult... And I told you I was going to be blurred on this. <laughs> this is not the way... I didn't think I would be confused. I think I thought I just thought I would pick the wrong, like, yeah. direction. Yeah. But but that's the thing. Like, usually... as And that was, that was the other thought I had. Like, usually serial killers are predatory. And this doesn't really seem like predatory behavior to me. It seems like she like shot them. But then at the, on, the, on the other hand of the um, coin, on the other side of the coin, she also did say at some point that she did kill them in cold blood and just wanted to steal their shit. But again, but why did she say that? Because she's angry. Yeah, you see. Like, so when you're backed into a corner and you're angry and you're just fed up with how the system has honestly just fucked you over, most likely you'll lash out and just be like, well, you know what? I murdered them in cold blood. Just to be, just to kind of, I almost want to say just to get that little bit of power back, just so that everyone in the, like everyone in the, the courtroom is like, oh, <gasps> you know, just yeah. so she can for a second feel powerful. Yeah. So it's weird because you can argue every single tiny little branch of this mind map also then there's the i am speaking under correction but as far as i know she is known as the first female serial killer really like in terms of um famous stuff hmm she was branded as like america's first female serial killer okay yeah. Because the thing, serial killer is quite a new term, so I suppose that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah, they're obviously ones, like, there's an old lady case who poisoned, like, a bunch of people in, like, the 1800s or something. I mean, there's also the lady who bathed in a bunch of children's blood. That too. So, yeah. 
Yeah, but <laughs> but that was before the term serial killer. So technically, if we're on a technicality here, yeah, and also that's the kind of thing that media brings up. Yes. So it's not necessarily true. It's just like a fun term to bring around. So yes. that people will read your newspaper a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but it is but yeah. it is more common for males to be serial killers. Oh yeah. But I've always kind of had the theory that they're about even, but females are just better at not getting caught. Because we're smarter. <laughs> Uh, but you see like that's that's the thing and this is also where my bias comes in because i am a thousand percent a hard hard feminist okay Mm -hmm. so my immediate reaction to this case was to be like okay no but i understand where she was coming from but then but that's my emotions talking. Yes. A thousand But I mean, percent. I had the same thing. And then when my logic brought in, I was like, but wait. But that's wrong. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. We can't condone this. No. <laughs> so it is a very difficult thing because we don't really know what the truth is. Because no one really knows what the truth is except for her and her victim. Victims. Yeah. And maybe there was like a bird or something that saw or, you know. Yeah. But- like. But realistically, there, there's no witnesses, there's no outsiders that saw it, that saw the entire thing from start to finish. Yeah. Because also, realistically, if there was, they'd probably side with the victim. Because again, they don't know the circumstances leading up to that exact time. Exactly. We don't know what happened in the car. We don't know what her victim said to her. We don't know how... We don't know anything about the scenario. No. The only one that I can imagine was a premeditated murder type of thing was actually the first bro that I mentioned, um, Richard. Yes. Because his body was discovered on the same road a few miles away from where she was picked up. Okay. And that seems a little bit premeditated to me. I don't know. Unless she, like, killed him and then dropped him off back there or, like, whatever the case is. Or it was really quick and he basically, for lack of better phrasing, started his shit really quickly. It could also be that. That's the thing. So, you see, like, we can, I mean, we can imagine scenarios and try guess as much as we want, but we can't. Yeah. Because it does seem that she got a little bit smarter. As she went, I almost want to say, with how kind of things went. But also, I mean, I feel like oftentimes with the, you did say that they're not in chronological order. So no. I'm just working on the order that is here. Yeah. It is a little bit strange because sometimes they were shot twice. Sometimes they were shot multiple times. Like, sometimes they were thrown in weird areas. Sometimes it's in the head and chest. Sometimes like, they were naked. Sometimes they yeah. were half naked. So... It could be a scenario of she reacted when things happened. But again, I I can't answer any of it. Yeah. And I still don't know which side I'm on. I'm I'm definitely slightly leaning on the fence, but I'm still definitely perched quite comfortably on said fence. My head yes. is just like in one direction. Yeah. Which direction is that? That I think, I think she was a woman who suffered a lot in her life, didn't get support, and this was her only way of getting some of her power back. 
in yeah. the only way that she knew how. And I, I think the only way she actually could have. I agree. I think so. I think I, I definitely, I definitely think that some of these cases were cases of self-defense. I think others were perhaps a trauma response because honestly, when, from when she was like 11, she was already doing sexual favors. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like men are gross a lot of the time and they were definitely men who were taking advantage of her then. Yes. She got raped and pregnant by her grandfather's older friend when she was 14 and then, you know, got blamed for it. So that's a lot of trauma to deal with that she didn't get to deal with. But I mean, you can also break it down to a smaller scale if you just take her victims, for example. Yeah. It could have been a scenario where the first victim raped her or tried to rape her and she reacted in self-defense. And then after that, it was almost a trauma response with a very quick trigger finger. Yes. You know, just a what if something happens, but like he's being a little too pushy. I don't like it. Yeah. you could break it. I mean, you could look at her entire life and say perhaps it's a trauma response, but you could also just straight up look at her victims and, and maybe first, surmise that literally. it is a trauma response. So, so yeah, it could have it could have honestly been anything. But I must like I must say, I don't think <laughs> this might be a little bit controversial, but I don't think she deserved the death penalty. Hmm. She did deserve to go to jail because you can't just kill people, as I've said. We don't condone it. Times, but I don't think she deserved to die for it. Mm. Because, specifically because of her very specific background that very specifically pertained to her current situation. See, but then I have a question for you. Yeah. If you look at other serial killers that are on death penalty, mm. do you think about what they've done? Or do you also include their backgrounds? Because there's been quite a few serial killers, male serial killers, who are, have been on death penalty, who have been um, killed on death penalty. Yeah. That if you take a look into their backgrounds, sure, it's not this kind of trauma, but it is no love from the parents. Mom wants them to be a female. Whatever. They were severely beaten in school, things like that. Do you also include, because I'm, I'm, I'm bias checking you here, basically. Yes. Do you also include their backgrounds when you think of male serial killers? Yes. Of the ones that I know and of the ones that we've done, there are a few, like, cases where I'm not 100% sure if they deserve to die. But, like, uh, let's take the toy box killer, for example. Mm. He did deserve to die. Yeah. Because he captured people and tortured them. Yeah. What the hell are you... Like, no, I can agree with that 100%. So, yes. There's, there's, that's not a blurred line. That's just a straight That's just line. a straight up... No. <laughs> the reason why I am taking away the fact that she is a woman. Mm-hmm. This person is now just a person. Yes. I don't know what their gender is. If I look at this, also in terms of a psychological aspect, it is very attached that she grew older... And, I mean, you know how bad um, undealt with trauma can get with people who don't deal with it. Specifically with, with, I mean, with borderline and antisocial personality disorder. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So because these situations, every, that's, that, that's the same thing that all of them have in common. All of them were her clients, which means that all of them were having sex of some description with her. Yes. Right? So that is very... 
exceptionally attached to her trauma. Mm. And that's the main reason why I think she didn't deserve to die. Okay. Because I just think that this was a person who needed help and didn't get the help that they get that they needed. I'm not saying that she would I'm not even saying that she would have ended up being a um functioning person of society. I just think that instead of being killed, she should have gone to um, jail and should have gone to therapy. Yeah, some sort of rehabilitation. Yeah. I think that would have been better. Okay. And in some cases, I do believe in the death penalty as well. Mm. So it's not even that either. Mm. I just remember that I wrote, like, I think it was my final year history exam. Mm. It was more, not exam, but like paper for like that last like little mark and it was on the death penalty and I I don't know why this specifically sticks out in my head but I remember sitting on the bed with my dad arguing this death penalty thing because yeah. I was very forward and he's just like you're gonna kill the whole world because he's like his logic was sure you get put on death penalty then the guy who kills you who injects the injection then he's on death penalty because he killed you and then it's like a continuous cycle and I was like it's not how that works. No, that's <laughs> it's not intent. It. <laughs> yes. It's intent. Yes. And that was my whole final thing was intent. Yes. Intent is the, the like, you know, it, it's the most important thing. Intent and, and what, consent are your two words for the day, people. Yes. Learn them, live by them. Act. <laughs> Accordingly, <Yes>. please. <laughs> but like... Yeah, so, so that's it. So I don't necessarily think that these were even if she killed them, okay, mm-hmm. this is a bit of this is a bit of a far-fetched one. Even if she killed them because she was trying to steal with them and there was a kerfuffle and then A kerfuffle. I watched community earlier okay. today, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna stick with that. If there was a kerfuffle and you know she accidentally shot them and she was like, Marika, matter what fit of the job now or whatever the case is. Yeah, because the thing again, a woman who's a prostitute back then, if she killed someone, she'd probably get death penalty anyway. But even yeah. if she killed them by accident. Yeah. So continue. Sorry. Yeah. So I think um because of the life that she was living and because she was just actually trying to stay alive <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Again, it's the question. What choice did she have? Okay, question. Yeah. Take her entire scenario and put it in 2022. That's an interesting one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If I take her entire scenario and put it in 2022, I would like to believe. So I'm going to get a bit optimistic here, which I know is unlike me. It's incredible. This is the first time ever, guys. (laughs) I would like to believe that she would have felt that she could report what had happened to her. Mm -hmm. And I would also like to believe that someone, somewhere, would have believed her. I would also like to believe, I'm going to add on this point, that her clients would have been more understanding. Yes. If, hypothetically, she was raped. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I would like to believe that because of the world that we live in now, even though it's still messed up in a lot of places, it is better than it was then. I'd like to think majority. Yeah. We just completely ignore America at the moment. Yeah. 
majority I'd like to think have taken leaps and strides towards the right direction. Yeah. I'm not going to say that they're at the finish line yet, but the right direction. Yeah. So, yeah, I think and that's and that's the thing because if I take her entire case and put it in 2022, there are still people who don't believe the victim. There are still people who do this kind of thing. This kind of thing still does happen. So I think my opinion would stay the same. The only thing that I think would change is the fact that I feel like she maybe would have had a better chance of getting the help that she needed. And she maybe wouldn't have actually been put into the scenario. Yeah. Okay. I made a good question. That was a really good question. Well. <laughs> I... Um, Thank you for that because it is a, it is an interesting topic to discuss and it yeah. is a it's interesting because I feel like we've got all the sp- the, the perspectives yep I feel like we've got all the perspectives yeah almost like you can see it from it's a circle and you're looking in from all directions Look there's still a lot of information on this case I really try to like push it down because again the documentaries and the books and the movie and all of that like I really want to um like recommend to you guys that you do read those books watch those documentaries watch the movie because it's really it really really is an interesting case and she is a very interesting person for lack of a better word (laughs) um so yeah it, there's there's a lot more to it that I couldn't add, but I just tried to give the basics so that we could have the discussion around like the mo- the moral issues of this case mm. and the time that it happened in. Because yeah, I don't know. I think I think that if some things were changed, this would have gone in a totally different way, and she wouldn't have even existed as a serial killer. Yeah, no, definitely, I can agree with you there. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. So that's my story for today. I'm going to go mull that over over the rest <laughs> of my glass of wine. And I suppose our question for you guys this week is, what do you think? Did she deserve to die? Did she deserve to go to jail? Do you think that she was acting in self-defense? What's your opinion? Yeah. What's your opinion on this case? That's basically... that. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking for question. <laughs> Otherwise, I hope you all have a wonderful evening afternoon morning weekend weekday whenever you're listening whenever you're listening and please stay warm because it has been ridiculously cold or everywhere. if you're in the northern hemisphere just enjoy your heat while yeah. you can unless you're in england where it's like always cold yeah okay, okay. <laughs> so southern hemisphere and england stay warm <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for joining us again today and thank you for that again it was my pleasure. I really enjoyed this one. I also enjoyed this one. I'm just, I feel more, because I feel like after we do our podcast, so basically our like little routine is after we do our podcast, we'll go sit on the couch and we'll continue discussion a little bit that you guys don't need to hear. Yeah. <laughs> like things get progressively more aggressive and honestly can never be heard by the public. No. On my couch. There are some things that just need to stay between friends. Yes. <laughs> So I often feel like whenever we go and, you know, do our little like rundown on the couch, we're very either or. We're on one side or the other. Yes. And I feel like this time I'm still on that fence. It's the gray area I was talking about. Yes. It's a it's a blurred line that's not been ruined by what's that dude name? Dude, what's his what is his name? James? No. What is the guy that's saying? Blurred lines? They're super creepy. Oh no. 
No, I've, I've, I'm too wind up for this. I almost want to say James Blunt. I think it might be James Blunt. That's perhaps James Blunt. It's perhaps James Blunt. So Bloodlines was just less creepy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, um, let us know what you think about our questions. And uh, let us know what you think about this case in general. I yeah. Guess. And thanks again for listening. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.